0: Hi, friends. Today, we're chatting with Dylan about her story with epilepsy. She lives in Canada and has created an epilepsy toolkit, which has everything that you would think you need and more for someone in your life that has seizures. So I'm super excited to have her on the show. I'll let her share more about it. As always, let me know what you think. Thanks for tuning in, you guys. You guys have a great weekend. Bye. Hi Dylan, how are you? I'm good,
1: how are you?
0: I'm good. So thank you so much for joining me, everybody. I have Dylan here. She is 25 years old and lives in Canada. So it's officially my first Canadian guest. So it's really exciting. Um, So I have Dylan here today to chat with you all about a couple of different things. But the biggest thing is her passion project, which is called the Epilepsy Toolkit, which I when I saw it online on social media, I got really excited about it. So, um, I definitely want her to tell you all about it too. So, Dylan, tell me about a little bit about yourself.
1: All right, well, I just finished my second degree here at Western University in London, Ontario, and I just completed my bachelor's of education. I start and I was. Diagnosed with epilepsy last March after being misdiagnosed for 10 years by a neurologist who decided that I had dissociative amnesia, which is a psychological disorder, rather than epilepsy, which, as we all know, is a neurological disorder. And I have unfortunately experienced so much discrimination, as we all have come to realize that there is a very big stigma attached to epilepsy and that. Uh, inspired me to create this epilepsy toolkit.
0: Yeah, and that's so awesome. Okay, so on your end, do you see like any poor connection? Because you were breaking up a little bit at the beginning.
1: Oh, no, I didn't.
0: Okay, all right, well, hopefully it cleared up. So you sound a little bit clearer now. But okay, so you were uh, misdiagnosed for, I think it, you you said probably like over 10 years you were misdiagnosed. So tell me, take me a little bit back to when you first were told that you had that dissociative amnesia. So you were in high school. Um, tell me about that. So like, were you able to drive? Like, how was your, so you said that you're almost graduated college. So did having these seizures, even though at the time you didn't think that they were seizures, did it affect your grades, your social life? Um, Tell me about
1: that. Well, it's kind of funny. I was actually dating this, this guy in, in high school and I started having these episodes and he looked it up and he's like, I think you have petite mouth seizures. And obviously, you know, hearing the word epilepsy and seizures, I was like, absolutely not. I do not have anything like that. We went to the neurologist and he, you know, did the typical EEG, the CAT scan, did a bunch of tests. And as we all have come to realize, a lot of seizures don't show up on stuff like that. And so he told me that it was clearly psychological and due to stress, I induced these small episodes by myself. And uh, as life went on, they, they kept happening. And I even had a 24 hour seizure once and my mom took me to the hospital. And again, the EEG showed absolutely nothing. And the neurologist told her, you know, take her home, put her to bed. And I fell asleep for 24 hours. And the next day I woke up totally fine. I had very little recollection of the day before. I I do remember small events. I remember talking to the doctor and I could not control what I was saying. Are you still there? Yeah, I'm here. Okay. And uh, life went on. The episodes kept happening. Uh, The most ironic thing is I never wanted to drive. And... So here in Canada, we can get, I think it's the same for you. We can get our beginners at 16 and then you go to your G2 and then you get your G and I just got my G1 last year in February and I got diagnosed in March and everything got taken away
0: and Uh, okay so yeah so yeah it's a little bit different I guess not not super different but you can get your permit where you drive with someone when you're six or 16 depending on the state you live in Um, and then you have to have a certain amount of hours under your quote-unquote like underneath your belt before you can drive by yourself but and then depending on like so I live in Kentucky we only have to be seizure free for three months Um, And then you can have your license. I know (laughs) For those of you who are listening like Dylan's mouth dropped open because it that's it seems so so small Um, And then and when I used to live in Virginia that time frame was six months So it's different everywhere and I know in like the UK you have to have be seizure-free for a year Is that the same with Canada a year? Uh, It's six months here in Canada six months. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, it's just so different everywhere, but so you never had the desire to drive. Was that because of the petite mal seizures? Like you just didn't feel comfortable?
1: I honestly don't think it was that. I just, I love animals so much and I am so scared to hit one that it made me not want to drive for so long
0: like do you live near wildlife, like deer or (laughs) squirrels, or like you are worried about actually hitting a cat or a dog? Uh,
1: In Canada, I don't know if if you know, but we're famous for squirrels, and you probably see so many a day, but it's mostly cats.
0: Okay, Hmm. yeah, I mean our neighborhood that we live in now, we have like deer that basically are domesticated, so they hang out in our yards, and so I'm always worried about about hitting one, or you know, because they just pop out of nowhere. But um, yeah, okay. So I mean, so then you had, so you were di- officially diagnosed in March, just March of twenty nineteen. Uh, March of twenty eighteen, after a really bad seizure. Okay, so did you see another neurologist that finally connected the dots for you? You know who actually connected the dots? Uh,
1: because my uh, original neurologist decided it was psychological he shipped me off to a psychologist and I saw my psychologist for, I'm still seeing him now. And after seeing him for three years, he said, Dylan, I've been tracking these. There's clearly something wrong at certain times of the month. And it's related. I think it's related to your period cycle. He's like, I am. And he didn't tell me this, but he had actually found another neurologist who my doctor, my family doctor had referred me to and he messaged him by himself. And told him there's something wrong, here's the data. you need to do something about it because she's actually trying to make a life for herself.
0: Okay, so once you so now that you have the official diagnosis and the proper care, are you on medicine?
1: I am on a
0: medication after trying four. And so did you find a treatment plan that's working for you? Are you seizure free? Nope. So are you so so tell me a little bit about that.
1: So the really bad seizure I had last year, I had just left my psychologist. And for reasons unknown, I decided to set my backpack at the bus stop, walk into the middle of the road and just sit down. And the police came. And when I came to it, I was in the back of a police car. And obviously a man in his car almost hit me and they thought that I was trying to harm myself. So got the diagnosis. I've tried uh, three medications. I had a reaction to one. I had another reaction to another one and he had put me on three and they just, they weren't working. So I am, he took me off the mall and now I'm just on one.
0: So you're, so are you classified as drug resistant epilepsy then? The neurologist says yes, but unfortunately I've only
1: seen him three times. So I don't really trust his judgment. Right. I mean, it's hard.
0: I mean, for those of you who, don't know I mean people when you get that diagnosis of having epilepsy they basically ship you off give you a a bottle of pills and say all right we'll see you in six months unless something happens so I only see I've been seizure free for five and a half years so I only see my neurologist every year now he's available through email if I need him and thankfully I haven't needed him But it's scary, especially when you're newly diagnosed and you really don't understand what's going on. To have them do this quick exam on you, right, where they you just like follow their finger with your eye, and they have you do some like other—I don't even know what to call it—but just other neurological tests. That it's like you're in and out of in and out of the appointment in like less than an hour, and then they basically say good luck. So. That has to be really scary for you. Still, I mean, I think I've been living with ep- epilepsy my whole life, and so I'm kind of used to it now. And I mean, it sounds like you have pretty much too, but you just got labeled with it. So, 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 t- so back to the seizure that you had where you walked into the road. So you were where you were you were unconscious, or I guess like, I guess you weren't unconscious because you were walking. Like kind of like sleepwalking, right? So are you blacked out? I guess that's probably the better word. Um so and I've heard stories about this too, where the police are involved and they don't believe they don't believe you that had a seizure. So sometimes people think you're drunk or that you're like in your case, they thought you were trying to harm yourself. So did it take long for them to understand? that you had a seizure? Like, were you able to tell them, hey, I think I had a seizure? So I have
1: focal seizures with impaired awareness. And if you don't know what those ones are, they are, you know, ones where you blank out, but but no one's home. There's, my mind is completely gone. And I will follow, you know, I set my backpack down and walked into the middle of the road. Sometimes I'll follow the streetlights. I'll cross when, it, when there's a person. I don't remember getting to the other side. There's been a couple times where I've gotten... Um, I take the buses, obviously, they're pretty good in London. But there's been a couple times where I had a seizure and when I came to I was at I was at a different part of the city where it's not what I wanted to go to. I wanted to go home. I ended up at Argyle Mall, which I mean you don't know London, but for me that's 35 minutes away from my house. And in that particular seizure, for some reason my psychologist had just given me his business card and I was able to pull it out and give it to the police. And they had, they called him and he said, no, no, no. Like we're, we're investigating this. She's fine. Just, just let her go. And the policeman that day was really nice. And he asked where I was going. And I said, I'm, I'm just going to the gym to work out. Brought me to the gym. Said bye. Never heard from them again until I had another seizure in university last year. And I, I, I did tell all my teachers, I didn't really want to, I told them, you know, the doctor's trying to figure out what's wrong. Please. If I do anything, just throw me in the hallway, give me my water, I'll be fine. And this one teacher, I had an episode in class and she called the campus police and I got escorted out because they probably thought I was on
0: drugs. So even though you told her specifically that you had seizures and this is how you act during a seizure, she still called the police?
1: She did, I think out of uh, her being scared because she actually ended up being one of my favorite teachers Mm -hmm. and to this day is one of the only ones who still talks to me and is very supportive of, of what I do. You know, she, she was actually one of the only ones who messaged me when I was in the newspaper and said, Dylan, I'm really proud of you.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. So let's shift gears a little bit. So since you you kind of talked about it. So is that, that's one of the reasons why you decided to make this toolkit because of your past experiences? A hundred percent is okay. why I decided to make this toolkit
1: was because of the stigma around epilepsy.
0: Okay, so talk to me about what's in the toolkit. So it's, it's actual physical product, right? It is a physical product. Okay, and what is in it? Inside it, I decided to make
1: it simple. You know, I thought there was so many things I could add to it, but because I wanna bring this into schools, I thought it would be uh, easier to just make it pretty simple. So inside the toolkit are just three things. And the first one is just a pamphlet, which I created myself. It's called Epilepsy in a Nutshell. And inside, I just described the different types of seizures. And then in the center, our first aid instructions, because as we know, those are very important when it comes to seizures. Uh, the second item is a timer. I included with five minutes on it because most of us have learned with seizures that you know anything, any seizure more than five minutes is a neurological emergency. But right. I did write in my pamphlet that you know you can call nine one one whenever you want to. If you don't feel comfortable, call nine one one. That was one of the biggest uh, comments I got was why only five minutes? What if I don't feel uncomfortable? So I decided to add on in the pamphlet when you don't feel uncomfortable, you think something is seriously wrong, call nine
0: one one. Yeah, I mean I'm a I don't I'm I'm a seizure first aid trainer, and that's that's, that's pretty much mimics exactly what I tell people. So that it, call nine one one if you feel more comfortable. I mean, it's better to better to call than not to call. So that's awesome.
1: Yeah, I don't, I don't know about you, but if um, which isn't obviously a a hindrance to anything, but if we call nine one one and the ambulance comes, we get charged.
0: Oh, they, I'm not, I don't know. I'm not sure. I think I I don't know how it works.
1: That obviously does not matter. I just I want everyone right. to call nine one one if they don't feel comfortable, but unfortunately, even, even with that, I feel like there's a big stigma with it. 911 callers, like the ambulance and stuff might get annoyed, but you know, it's a, it's a big thing and it's important. And the last thing, which is the most important, which has been getting the most attention is a little uh, device that speaks first aid, first aid instructions to the individual. And this is obviously not going to happen during a seizure because you don't have time. You want to make sure that person's okay. So I decided to include this as a prerequisite, like do it before someone has a seizure. You want to learn about epilepsy before you ever have to encounter it. So I'll uh, I'll play it for you. It's just like 10 seconds. your first game. The most important thing
0: is to remain calm. Check for medical alert bracelet. If the individual is on the ground shaking, remove any sharp objects out of the way. Try to roll them over, putting something soft under their head. If the seizure is more than five minutes, call 911. That's awesome. So, for those of you listening, what Dylan's doing right now is she's showing me her actual toolkit because we're on video chat. So, it's like a little, it's, is it about the size of a pencil box, right?
1: Yeah, at first it was in a big shoe box because I was going to add more things, but I decided to just make it simple. And you know how long this box took me to find? <laughs> it took me forever, and I finally found it at the dollar store here in town and it's perfect it fits all three things
0: perfect. Perfect and that's your recording on that little device with the first date? Yes that is my recording. That's awesome And so have you do you carry that with you at all times is that what you recommend for people?
1: I've brought it with me to the workplaces um, because obviously you know I, I work I have three jobs you know I'm trying to keep busy I unfortunately just had to tell my third boss. I, I've only been there for two months, and I decided, I, you know, I'm in the newspaper. I better tell this guy that I have epilepsy before he finds out. And so I have shown them this kit. Uh, whether they really care or not, I'm not sure, but I feel comfortable bringing it with me. My coworkers are happy that I bring it with them and
0: sh- and have showed them. So is this toolkit just for the person who has seizures, or could it be for family members too?
1: No, I created this toolkit, not for the individual, but more as an educational tool for workplaces or especially classrooms, like just for a teacher to have, a family member to have. So the individual would not be having it with them. For now, I'm just trying to show people about it. So I do carry it with me.
0: Awesome. And so if someone listening wants to order one, where can they find it?
1: For now, um, I will send you my Facebook page. The biggest issue for me right now is that I'm trying to find out if I'm able to give these out. I don't know what the government rules are. You know, I've reached out to organizations and I've heard back. I am meeting with a couple. I feel like it's a little new and I want to give these out. You know, I, I started a fundraising page at GoFundMe. I'm almost at $1,000 because it's not something I want to make money off. You know, obviously the, the stuff is. The most expensive thing is that recording device because trying anything with technology is going to cost money. And that little thing is almost $10 and, and it's from a teddy bear. Like I, I went to build a bear and they, they're like, oh, I'll let you buy the recording device if you buy the teddy bear. And that's when I was like, oh my gosh, I want to bring this into schools. I can add a teddy bear to the kit as an add-on. So it's not in the kit, but if, if someone wants to purchase it, they can add it on because if you've ever been to build a bear, if you have it in the States, uh, a teddy yeah. bear is like $40
0: yeah yeah and um you can also like get maybe like a purple outfit for the bear to wear so post seizure especially if it's a kid, like an elementary age child that's had one, they can hold on to it post seizure because sometimes it takes a little bit of time for the for you to figure out what's going on to have some so to have something there to reassure them that it's gonna be okay that would be that's a, that would be an idea i' am I would hundred percent support that.
1: Yeah, I also put a little lavender scent inside him. So he smells like lavender. And he also has a little voice recorder inside him that all it says is keep calm and give me
0: a big, big hug. Oh, okay. That's awesome. So have you given those out to anybody so far? What kind of feedback have you gotten from it?
1: I haven't given them out yet. Just because like I said, I'm waiting to see if I want to meet with epilepsy organizations and make sure that the first aid instructions are 100% and that my recording is okay, because I don't want to give these out with the wrong information. I made right. this, you know, as I entered a contest because I thought it was really important and I'm so excited with the feedback and I want to hand them out, but I want to make sure that everything is 100%. I don't want to give them out and something happened. I think, I obviously think it's perfect. I just don't know what could happen, you know, with the states, the laws in the states versus the laws with us. It's It's very different.
0: Right, no, that makes sense. Okay, so you, um, so you have the toolkit, and then obviously you have that with you to hand out um, uh, where you live. Now, for f- let's talk a little bit more about you. So you said that you are not seizure-free. So how do you manage, like, so you're, you're working three jobs. You are, are in school full-time, right? So, like, how do you manage your lifestyle with still having seizures?
1: Uh, sometimes it's really difficult. I don't really have the hard sometimes, you know, I have to go to appointments all by myself. You know, I have these seizures out in public by myself. Um, funny enough, my mom's taught me to count during my seizures. They're always different. Lately when, when I have one with her, she's like, Dylan, just just relax, just count with me and I'll count to 10 with her. But, but there's no one home. I have no recollection of counting to 10. Um, it is really embarrassing. I find it really embarrassing when I have them in public, but at the same time people don't know what's going on. So if I have one in public, I just continue on with my day and pretend nothing happened, um, how, you know, at work.
0: How long? So I know that at one point you had one that was an hour long. On average, how often do you have them every week and how long on average are they?
1: Uh, unfortunately, it's so random. I went from having a lot a month, like 17, 20. Um, I was tracking them from my doctor to, like, my neurologist to show him that there's clearly something wrong. I went from having 17 to 20. The meds didn't help. And, you know, this month's been weird because I had, for the first time in three weeks, I had four of them on Wednesday after not having them for three weeks, which is the longest I've ever gone. And I think this toolkit has brought so much joy and happiness to me that I haven't been stressed out.
0: Yeah, because we all know that stress is a huge trigger. And I was telling Dylan a little bit before we started recording that I like to keep my, you know, my husband jokes that I'm in my own little positive bubble because stress is a trigger for me. So I do everything I can to just create a safe space, a positive space. Um, Anybody that I communicate with on a daily basis, it's it's just positive mindset. Um, I don't, I'm really careful and, and about who I let in um, just because it is so important. So yeah, if you find something that you're passionate about and that you're not super stressed, I mean, that's great. So have you, I know that you said that your dad thought that maybe you can fix things with like alternative therapies. Have you tried any alternative therapies?
1: I haven't yet. I did look into the keto diet and I admire people who can do that. I just, I don't think it's something I want to try it, but at the same time, you know, with the three jobs, and then I start teaching in September, I don't think I could could commit myself. I'm being honest, I don't think I could do the keto diet. Um, yeah.
0: I mean, there's a lot of people in the community. I mean, it's still there's a what what I have found is that there is a lot of resources for children when it comes to the keto diet. But once once we hit that adulthood, the, the amount of education and the funding and the support just there's like very limited. Um, so it's I mean, I I am in connection with a few people in the community who are on the keto diet, and I've dabbled in it as well, Um, but it is a huge commitment. It is. So, and then, yeah, I mean, so that's, you know, that's great that you're looking into that since medicine isn't an option for you. So you just basically learn to adapt your lifestyle and not obviously not letting these seizures stop you from living your life. I mean, you're you're graduating. You're gonna start teaching in the fall, uh, right? Is that right? They're gonna start teaching in the fall. I already graduated. Okay, you already graduated. So that's awesome. And so, what can you tell? Um, so I always ask at people, so what is one piece of advice that you can give to those who are like newly diagnosed or who are struggling mentally to grasp the diagnosis? Um, because you know, people that have epilepsy, it's very discouraging and, and there's a lot of mental health, you know, issues with it. I mean, a lot of us suffer from anxiety and depression as well. So to to be an advocate for the community, so you shine a little bit of hope for everybody. So what is that one piece of hope or advice that you can give to someone who's going through this?
1: Uh, You know, the biggest thing that I suffered with, um, you were talking about your positive bubble. I, I am not, you know, I'm learning to be positive. I am the most stressful person of life. The smallest things stress me out. Like I saw my math teacher from high school yesterday, and he was with his husband and I was like, oh my God, is that your husband? And now I can't stop thinking about it. I was like, oh my God, did I overstep? He's going to hate me forever now. I cannot, I'm going to think about it all day today and probably all day tomorrow. And I was talking uh, to Tiffany. She's also a big advocate in the community. And she asked, you know, what, what do you do when you have seizures? And I've learned that When you're tired or stressed out, your body's telling you to slow down, sit down and go to sleep. I push myself too hard. And when I do, I get seizures and I still haven't learned that yet. I still like the other day when I had four, I went to work and guess what? I had a seizure at my job where I had just told him the day before that I have epilepsy. People freaked out and I didn't listen to my body. So the biggest piece of advice is that you need to listen to your body because it is telling you something.
0: That's great advice. And also I always encourage people to write down things like what you ate during the day to see if there's something that triggered it, how many hours of sleep you got to see if that's a trigger, what time of month, you know, if you get more, if you're a female and you get more seizures during that time of month, write that down just to see if there's a trend. Now there might not be a trend, but it doesn't hurt to track it for a couple months and see like, Hey maybe I shouldn't eat this or I shouldn't go to only get 4 hours of sleep a night. I mean the part I shoot for 8 to 9 hours of sleep a night and my husband thinks I'm nuts for needing like I seriously need that many hours or I'm a zombie. I mean we all know that Keperra makes you a zombie anyways. So if you don't get that much hours of sleep then it's going to show itself but I've also, you know, I've also dealt with stress my whole adulthood. So I've learned how to manage it too. So I fully 100% agree that if you can figure out ways to manage your life and make, you know, I know you're working on the positive mindset, but I will preach that forever just to try to stay positive and, and write down things that you're grateful for. Um, even if it's waking up, like I'm grateful that I woke up today, then that's really, that's, you know, that's really all that matters. So uh, where can people find you on online? If you can just say it and I'll also put it in the notes, but where can people find you to learn more about who you are and the epilepsy toolkit?
1: So you can find me on Facebook. Um, I have a beautiful last name. It's 5 million letters long. <laughs> uh, my name is Dylan D. Girolamo. Um, that is an Italian last name, by the way. Uh, you can find me on Instagram as well. And I am, I'm trying to make a Facebook page where people can ask me questions, but the best way for now is probably Instagram because Facebook messages keep going to that unseen filter.
0: Okay. Yeah. Instagram is really where you can find a whole lot of, whole lot of advocates in the community. So I just want to thank you for being on here with me. And then I will also, um, put all your social links for people to find you.
1: Thank you. I hope we get to keep in contact.
0: No problem. Thanks for listening, you guys. As always, I would love for you to write a review for me. Um, Go ahead and screenshot this and share it to your social media and tag me. It's at 1in26podcast and I will reshare it as well as give you guys a shout out. Again, thanks so much for your support and stay tuned for next week in the 1in26podcast.